uh, I got to run with Team World Vision in 2014. Uh, back in 2006, I believe it was, I got to uh, go on a World Vision vision trip to Swaziland, Africa, and uh, actually got to see what World Vision does on the ground. And uh, I can tell you for sure that uh, World Vision is legit. It's the real deal. Uh, it does uh, what it says it is going to do. And it is highly respected in its community, at least the, where I was. And uh, I will say I, too, didn't like to run. Uh, I actually now uh, don't hate running. <laughs> and uh, I, I was so grateful for the time that... Uh, I was a part of that particular experience in 2014. So I encourage you, uh, this, this could be a defining day. There's nothing stopping you from at least coming down and uh, hearing from Dan uh, after the service. We're going to do something. Uh, I, I'm, I'm calling an audible this morning uh, due to the nature of the snow. When I was growing up in Phoenix, we never canceled uh, Sunday morning because of the snow. Uh, so this is, this is new uh, to, to my thinking, um, and I'm so grateful that you showed up. What we're going to do is uh, we're going to do a Q&A for the rest of our message time, okay? So what I need you to do is I need you to uh, pay attention to that number, and if you would look at the Ask Pastor Brad card in your seat pocket in front of you, I'm going to invite Shar uh, and Ryan up. They're going to help me out with this. And um, the reason, one of the reasons I'm doing this is because the message that uh, I had planned for today is so fundamental and so rarely ever spoken of in the church, it just kind of breaks my heart that uh, not as many people are going to hear it. And so I really, I want to I hold it off so uh, the majority of our congregation can actually hear it. That said, Ryan, why don't you take the center, because um, you can kind of be the, uh, the, the go-between there. Um, that said, I, I want to give context for the way we're going to do our, our Q&A here. So we're in this series called So What? And uh, the, the genesis of this series was born from a plane trip I took to Denver uh, in the about probably 2003. I, heard, I told this story last week, I'll, I'll just give you a brief introduction as to what it was like. Uh, my boss at the time, senior pastor at another church, he and I sat down, we were traveling to a pastor's conference in Denver, and uh, as we sat down in the Minneapolis airport to fly to Denver, uh, he had the aisle seat, I had the uh, coveted center seat, and then we, there was a woman, a businesswoman, sitting to my right at the window seat. And... As I said last week, there is always a strange kind of low-level anxiety that comes when I sit down next to someone because they very likely might ask me what I do for a living. And um, some people love the church. You're here. You love the church. Thank you. Uh, some people really respect pastors. Uh, for the most part, I think you like us. <laughs> uh, some people really love Christianity, but some people don't. <laughs> and so when someone asks me, so what do you do for a living? And I then have to say, I'm a pastor, and I'm going to be sitting next to you for the next three hours. I just never know what I'm going to get. It could be, oh, great. And they, you know, open their book, or they put on their headphones. This woman in particular, she wanted to talk. <laughs> 
She was not a Christian, but she wanted to talk about Christianity. And she had all kinds of questions. And as I shared the type of pastor I was, what I believed, et cetera, et cetera, uh, she had a common question. So what? And so what I'd like to do is I'd like you to imagine you are sitting next to a pastor for the next 22 minutes. (laughs) And you get to ask this pastor anything you would like about Christianity, about uh, the gospel, about um, the church, uh, any, anything that you, would, that you would like to ask a pastor, you get to ask that now. Those questions will come to my phone. Ryan will ans- ask them. He'll be you. Uh, I actually might ask him to pipe in as well uh, because uh, he has a good theological brain. And um, Pastor Shar is going to help us out. And uh, we have no idea where this is going to go. I think it would be helpful, though, if we pray, because we want this to be led by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Spirit of Christ, God present with us right now. We recognize, God, this is a unique time, a unique Sunday, and, and in my leading, Lord, I've felt that you're, you're leading us to go in this direction. And so we want to surrender to that leadership. We want to have our eyes opened Uh, We want to have our ears opened, our hearts opened, and we want to come to know you more in the power of your Spirit through biblical truth as we explore these important questions. In your name we pray, amen. So, buckle your seatbelts. Tone will be by with um, uh, snacks and a a soft drink later. And uh, let's, let's start. All right, let's start with an easy one. So if the gospel is for all, uh, then why do so many people feel unwelcome within the church? People or mm-hmm. people groups? Sure, yeah. Um, I'll start. You can pipe in if you like, Char. Um, I would say... There, there, are a number of, there are a number of reasons. One, um, the, the reality of Christianity, and it, 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 this could be any world religion, is that there are boundaries within that religion, okay? Christianity has particular boundaries. Um, you hang out in it long enough, there, there, are, uh, there are boundaries. One of the biggest boundaries is uh, Jesus Christ is Lord. And that, that Lord word means power and authority. He's the one with all power and authority. Um, fundamentally, I think most people don't like the idea of submitting to another's power and authority. And, and I get that. It, it's actually, it actually makes sense to some uh, extent because throughout human history, what we have seen, and the church has participated in this, sadly, is we have seen um, people with power and authority use that power and authority in destructive ways, okay? Uh, and so, we, we shirk back from boundaries that are put in place by power and authority. I get that. Um, what often we miss in the church and outside of the church is that the one who has power and authority is good and loves 
sacrificially. And so, uh, while I, it, would, it would make sense to distrust someone who's going to wield power and authority in unhealthy ways for me and those I love, someone who, ha- who is good and who loves and, and, and loves me better than I could love, ever love myself, um, that is someone worth submitting that power and authority to. Um, I'll say one other thing. The reality is, um, and the Scriptures are honest in this, uh, God's people don't always follow God's ways, and they do dumb stuff sometimes. And they don't, they don't welcome and love in the manner of Jesus. It's all throughout the Bible that's the way it works. Um, we are people who live by grace because we stumble and fall and we sin. Um, but one thing I've, I've found is that over the years, as we come to understand what God is seeking to do in the church, the church is actually probably the most welcoming place on the face of the planet. Not, not place, people group, I should say. Um, Char, do you have a thought? I'll just add a shameless plug. If, if you haven't yet uh, seen the series The Chosen, um, which you can get, you can get The Chosen app, you can watch The Chosen, you can stream it um, on your phone, on your computer. Uh, I would highly recommend that in light of that particular question. The actor who plays Jesus in this series is excellent. And, and one of the things he does is he see, you see why people wanted to be with Jesus. This is a very welcoming presence. And the people in my life that have been the most um, spirit of Christ-filled people are people I long to be with because they're very good and healthy and loving people. All right, next question. Christians in politics? Hmm. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, this is a unique time in our, in our history, of course, uh, filled with all kind of angst and, um, and gnashing of teeth. Um, yeah, our role is very, uh, I, can, I can say it very simply, uh, our role is to follow Christ. And, and he, Here's where we stumble, though, and I talk about this a fair amount from the um, pulpit, so to speak, and I, I, forgive me if I repeat myself, but we serve the King of Kings who has ushered in a kingdom, the kingdom of God, and our fundamental responsibility is to serve and abide by the King in His ways. And where we stumble and fall is when we put faith, we believe in and we depend upon um, leaders around the world, leaders in our country, 
to, we, we depend upon them to do what only Christ can do. And often what happens is we, we will take our, and I see this all the time on both sides of the aisle, uh, Christians, I'm speaking specifically to the church, Christians put their political party above their decision-making uh, in Christ. And so what happens is Christians, good, good people who have forgotten that Jesus is the King of Kings, they, they make political and ethical decisions based on what is best for their side in politics. And it is, it is uh, sinful because it is uh, not letting Christ, it, it is allowing someone else to, to guide your, your decision making. Um, and, and the way, here's the symptoms. This is, how, how do we know this happens? When uh, this uh, passage in Genesis actually, it says um, uh, there, in fact, it's in my, not Genesis, Judges. I'm going to find it real quick because I was going to use it today, but I'll, I'll use it now. Um, in those days, there was no king in Israel. All the people did what was right in their own eyes. So, in that particular time in Israel's history, there was no king, and so the people did whatever they wanted. And I see this with Christians constantly. And we, because we forget Jesus is king and He's reigning right now, and He is calling us to turn the other cheek now, and He is calling us to keep the marriage bed pure now, and He is calling us to love our enemies now, and to cherish human life now, because He's king now, we make, we make decisions according to the king, what the king has called us to do. But because too often Christians think he, is, he must not be king now, so we get, to, we get to make any decision we want. We get to do whatever's right in our own eyes. And, and so when the president, either side, let's, let's say it was Barack Obama, okay? Barack Obama's president or Donald Trump is president, okay? When the president does, says something sinful, use sinful words, because we want our side to be the winning side, we say, that's okay. It's not okay. When the leader of our country speaks in a way that is against the way of Christ, that's sinful. And so Christians should say, wait, time out. I may like what he does, I may like what our side does, but that's sinful. And I don't abide by that. My, my king does not abide by that type of talk or the way that person talks. Another, you know, you could say a, a decision-making piece. Um, well, um, you take, uh, um, I'll, I'll pick on um, uh, George W. Bush, Barack Obama, and Donald Trump, okay? The, <laughs> they, uh, they've each made decisions where they've dropped a bomb and they've killed a bunch of civilians. Okay. One of our first responses, because of our, 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 we want our side to be the best side, is we say, well, we quickly make an excuse. When we should be getting on our knees and say, God have mercy on, of a, on us, we just killed children through a bomb from our country. See, that, that's acknowledging that Christ is king. Uh, the, the sixth commandment is, uh, you shall not kill. Some people say, well, you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't murder, right? Oh, we, okay, and you shouldn't murder another Jew. The, the sixth commandment was for other people in Israel. 
And so it's really saying you just don't kill people who are part of God's people. Okay, you drop an atomic bomb and you kill Christians in Hiroshima, that's sin. Okay, you you say, well, uh, we can justify that. It's the lesser of two evils. Okay, fine, it's still evil. The lesser of two evils is always evil, right? Just due to the nature of the way we just talked about it. And so it doesn't matter. If you're going to make a a pro-choice argument... Well, it's the lesser of two evils because we don't... Okay, fine, but it's still evil. And so, one of the great freedoms you will find, it's just a beautiful thing, one of the great things, freedoms you will find when it comes to politics in our country is you say, I don't take a side other than Christ is King. He is my Lord. And so, when the side I like the most does something good, I say... That looks like Jesus. I'm so glad George W. Bush created PEPFAR. He has saved thousands of lives, probably millions of lives through, through that action. We applaud that. And when our, our side does something that's outside of the will of Christ, we say, uh-uh, no, 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 that is sin. So it's, when, it's in, when it's within the will of Christ, we applaud it. When it's outside of the will of Christ, we say no. And that's the way people in the kingdom of God with Christ their king do politics. <laughs> I'm going to do a whole series on the Christian in the public square uh, in October, right before the, mess, the uh, presidential election, um, with the whole theme being, being the kingdom of God. Because I, trust me, sorry, I'm, I'm going. <laughs> it, it, it is the, the, a kingdom perspective colors the way you do everything. That's one of the reasons why I'm putting this message off until a couple weeks, because this, this message is all about this perspective, and we, and we have to hear it. Jesus didn't come just to give us wise counsel. He came to rule and, he reign, and reign. Go ahead. Um, so one more question then in line with that, that I'm sure is probably, probably burning in all of our minds Sure. Right now. So in light of all that, yeah. then, then do we just not vote in November? Or mm. what do we do with that when it comes to the polling booth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, someone in our congregation actually uh, said something to me recently. Um, this person and their spouse, they disagreed politically and were wondering about which way to vote. And um, I, I'm going to answer this in two ways. That person said, um, because of... They basically said, what I'm going to do is, regarding an issue I'm passionate about, and that issue is affecting this person's vote, they said, I'm going to volunteer and be active in being a part of the solution rather than relying on my vote to be the main part of the solution. Okay, so that's one way. So if, if you have a, a if either side, um, you know, how... We can't simply say, well, I'm just going to trust my vote and then back off and, and watch Netflix all the time. We have to be actively engaged, and we have to, um, yeah. The other thing I will say is, um, I, I will simply say, be led by the Holy Spirit. Do what the Spirit calls you to do. And, and um, you know, uh, if you would, grab a Bible. <laughs> And uh, turn to Romans chapter 13.
pass it. Oh, man, look at this. I got going, and we're almost out of time. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you something to just wrestle with. It, you're not going to walk away with an answer here, but it'll be worth the price of admission. All right, Romans chapter 13. I'm going to read the first few verses. Let everything be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. Okay, so if you're led, when it comes to the polling booth, you're led by the Holy Spirit, you vote according to the Spirit's leadership, you get to trust that God is going to take it. You know, He's got this, okay? So there, there, uh, there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves, okay? And so, this is, this is Paul writing to people who live in Rome, okay? So, he's, the, the authority he's talking about is Caesar, who is, is, was not a Christian, <laughs> not a godly man, okay? So, so, when it comes to the poll booth, vote led by the Spirit, and then with that, God establishes authorities. Um, with that, now jump back to um, Romans 12. Verses, start verse 17. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Most people um, never put Rome, those passages in Romans 12 and those passages in Romans 13 together. Because of the dividing line of the chapter, uh, which was put there by later interpreters, um, we, d we don't say that Paul's actually making one argument. In light of your life in, the, in, in public, um, do not repay evil for evil, um, be kind to your enemies, and, um, and God, the authorities, there, there is no authority that has been given that God has not given. Now, I know that brings up a bunch of other questions. But we get to trust God in this country, especially, bless our, our founding mothers and fathers, we get to trust God with the systems God has placed in, put in place, and we get, uh, in the midst of that, as Christians, we have to act like Christ ones. We don't get to repay evil for evil. We don't get to take vengeance on our enemies as Christ ones. You can't make a biblical argument for it, I'm sorry. Um, but God has given the government certain authority uh, to, uh, the text says, Romans 13, to wield the sword and punish evildoers. So we have to balance those things together, okay? Oh, man, sorry. So for more on that, come back in October. Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> we, we will, actually, the, uh, two weeks from now, the message is going to be on uh, the gospel is, is not just good news this way, it's good news this way. So there, there will be some of that there. Um, but because, you know, love God, love others, the two greatest commandments, you fulfill those, you fulfill the law, um, the, these, these topics 
they're, they're always like on the, on the tip of our tongue in the church. They always should be, okay? We're going to go a little over, but that's okay because it's snowy outside. Go ahead. Um, so given that about yeah. um, the message within a couple of weeks, it's safe to say we're going to talk about evangelism. Yes. Correct? Okay. Um, I just wanted to clarify. There we're, were a number of questions about, uh, about that in here, both, uh, well, I guess not both, uh, evangelism to our atheist friends, to our agnostic mm-hmm. friends, to people who have been burned by the church as well. So evangelism. Yeah. Let, let me hit that so real quick. Just just a, a shameless plug. So I would encourage everyone, the first Sunday, all the Sundays in March, Sunday morning at 9 a.m., Molly Simpkins uh, is going to be leading a class on how to share your faith. Okay? I would encourage you to go to that. Uh, don't come to this service like you are right now. Go, go listen to Molly and then come to the second service where those, that, the services, the Sunday morning messages um, are going to be on how we share the gospel. And so the, that class and the Sunday morning messages will kind of uh, dovetail well. Okay. Let's do a couple more. All right. uh, the next one is for Shar. Sorry, I'll be quiet. <laughs> good job, bud. Uh, this next one says, um, oh, wow, this is a good one for sure. Uh, so how do you know that all of this Christianity stuff is real and not just made up? Hmm. Gabriel needs his one. Yeah. Yeah, I would say um, a couple of things. Any exploration of the validity of the resurrection is a, is a worthy endeavor. If you've never studied the evidence for the resurrection, it, it's incredibly compelling. Um, the other thing I will say is if, if you dive into God's Word, you will find that it is a supernatural Word. It is, it, there is something about it. When, when people come to me and they're like, I, I don't buy this Christianity thing, I don't buy the, God's, God's, the, the Bible, uh, my constant comeback is, do you read it? Well, no, I, well, I've read portions of it, or I did, you know, years ago. I'm mean, No, no, no. Do you read it, you know? Um, great story I've said, I've told before, old friend of mine was an atheist for a long time, um, hated Christians, hated Christianity, hated the church, went to a used bookstore, got, saw a Bible, uh, actually King James Version, um, decided, well, if I'm going to hate this so much, I need to create an, I need to have an, I need to back up my argument. So he read the Bible and became a Christian. So uh, 
I, I would say, if, if you're struggling with um, Christianity, uh, one, come to Alpha Wednesday night, 6 o'clock, uh, where you get to ask all these questions, and then really dive, do the deep dive, and see uh, what you're rejecting, because I think there's more goodness there than you might assume. All right, last question. Why do Christians seem to act no differently than non-Christians when it comes to doing right and wrong? Hmm. Uh, um, one, I think, I think that's, a, that's a, a blanket statement that uh, I simply haven't found to be true. <laughs> um, I will say, uh, I'll, I'll answer this, Shari, you can answer. Um, yes. Christians stumble and fall and do dumb things all the time, okay? The Bible's clear about that. But I will say, the people I've known who've said, you know what, I am going to allow Jesus to be Lord of my life, to, have, to be the main one who has power and authority in my life, I have found that those people who go on the long journey of apprenticing their lives, of just becoming a disciple of Jesus... I have found those are the people who in the, in the room are going to stand up and take a bullet for everyone else. Um, those are the people who are going to, who are going to give the most um, financially uh, in the world. Um, you know, it, Nicholas Kristof is a writer for the New York Times, not a Christian, constantly ending up on the front lines of horrible places around the world. And he's written columns in the New York Times, the liberal New York Times. He's written... Uh, uh, columns where he said, when I get there, who's there? Uh, Catholics and evangelicals. <laughs> you know, who, who's, who's there in the worst of the worst? He's saying, the Christians are the ones who are there. I'm not a Christian, he says, but when I get to the, the tough places, that's where the Christians are. And so, uh, I'm sorry if anyone in here has been hurt um, or been disappointed by Christians. Um, the Bible's honest, that, that happens. I will also say the, the people that I've found to be good and true and who will give their lives for others, oh, so often they're people who are following Jesus. Yeah, thank you. Good, great, great point. Um, I hope this has been edifying for you. Um, 
I, I pray that you will take uh, some of what we talked about, um, the questions that maybe you now have after some of the stuff we said, you'll pray into them. Search God's Word. If you have more questions, you can just text them to me or shoot me an email, and um, I'll give them all to Ryan. No. <laughs> um, and the good news of, of, of uh, Christianity is God has seen fit to bring us together, uh, to grow together, and one of the ways we do that is we go to God's Word and we ask good questions. All right? I'm going to pray. Let's pray. Holy God, we are grateful that uh, you have, you've done a work this morning. You always uh, are guiding and shepherding our hearts and our minds toward you. I pray, Holy God, that as we leave here today, we would be people of the gospel, uh, people who recognize that you are the best news the world has ever heard and that we, your disciples, get, we don't have to, we get to follow you, Jesus. And so with your Holy Spirit empowering us, Lord, give us the eyes to see your leadership as we move through this day and the next and the next. So when people see Faith Covenant Church, they see Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. If you're new, so glad you came. Uh, Jill and I are going to be at the Blue Tables, um, and we'd love to, to meet you. Uh, for all the rest of you, uh, just wait um, in the lobby um, because Ryan is going to go um, take all the stuff off your windshields, and he'll pull, he'll pull your car up. <laughs> and uh, Team World Vision, if you're interested... And I hope you all are come down front and, uh, and talk to Dan and Tone. And uh, I will leave us. Um, uh, I don't have the benediction right here. Uh, we will end right here. <laughs> Go in peace. Have a great week.